Hey guys, it's Edge Martinez. They call me the voice of New York. And 50 years ago, hip hop started right here in New York City. And we're celebrating the five boroughs all year long. Check out nyctourism.com forward slash hip hop for cultural stories, events, interviews, and more. nyctourism.com forward slash hip hop. Hey, what's up, everyone? This is the Go Along Podcast. Tyler Dunn here with Jim Monas. Jim, good to see you. The little one is down on your end. I can see the look of relief and satisfaction. Or is it, are you ready to spike a football? Or is it like you go to the bench and you want to collapse? No, I think it's pop a bottle. Okay. Like yeah. pop yeah. a bottle, celebrate the big win. Pop yourself a Louis IPA from Henry I mean, Brewing Company. Maybe? Which is better. So definitely right Louis now. IPA. It's definitely a juice box time of night. Louis IPA. You're you're pretty. Yeah. I give you credit. That Louis, you don't stray from the Louis. You'll you'll get like you'll do one juice box or, and then you go. You always go back to Louis. Well, our main man Jason King brewing these beers. He 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 just nails it every time. But something about those IPAs, whether it's we got to get box in there or the Louis. I know we got to get in there though because they're doing some like. They have some good summer, like hard ciders, and they have some good stuff on Instagram right now. I was like, caught my attention. So we'll get in there next week, hopefully, maybe. It's a great time to get down there for anybody local here in Western New York. Um, huh. The outdoor tables, they've got the the big pond that's more of a lake, and the weather's just hitting right. It's a perfect place to uh, crack yourself open a beer or two. I thought about it multiple times today. I was trying to think if there was one if there's a way a, a two year old could have fun running around outside. Oh yeah. We gotta we gotta and bring the fans. He would have fun. The question is, do we have fun chasing? That's the thing. We've talked about it on the podcast, but uh, you know, it's you know, we we took a vacation with two under two and it's vacation takes on a different meaning when you do that. That that's for sure. <laughs> But, uh, but Jim, you know, this is kind of the, I don't want to call it the dog days of summer. I mean, obviously there's not a lot going on in pro football, but there's still some meat on the bone. There's still some things to talk about, you know, OTAs and minicamp. And we'll get into this debate a little bit. I think it carries on so much more significance because think of the NFL that you grew up on. Not, you know, in terms of your adult life, you know, with Philadelphia, no. when you're a scout with the Saints yeah. and you've got the benefit of, of two a days and, and practices and just, I can't even believe so how it much be. football so much. through the spring, through the summer. I think these coaches get a handle of their players. These players get a handle of the playbook. And by the time training camp hits, I mean, a week or two of practice and you pretty much know who's going to make the team and, and, and you have your plan of attack offensively and defensively. We're now, you know, with the, there's been two hard fought, really three hard fought CBAs. I want to say since you would have started off as a scout, you could say, give or take and right. Cutting back on the padded practices, cutting back on the practices in general, you know, mm-hmm. we're very, very player friendly, obviously on this podcast. And I don't know though. I think being player friendly too, Jim, it, it 
behooves certain players to be there because there's just not a lot of opportunities because you know what hasn't changed is a couple weeks of training camp your team's pretty much set so you know you carve out you take out time in the spring right now when you're not there i think it does i think it does matter it's hard to quantify it's case by case but the matter thing is yeah that's where it's that word is the tricky part like i don't I don't want to come across and say none of it matters. I'm, I'm not going to try to say that. I do think certain guys, no need, no need. Well, there's, it's definitely the one point of leverage a player has contractually. Like if you're a quarterback, Kyler Murray, and you want a new deal, I get it. You know, you're, you're not going to show up. You're going to try to use that leverage best you can. I mean, it's either that or you take down your Cardinal stuff on social media, which you put back up a couple months later. This this isn't the NBA. I mean, the NFL, the players don't have a lot of options to try to make a statement. Um, But, you know, we'll get right into it. I think the two quarterbacks that we probably want to talk about on this podcast that are, are missing time. And and one of them just said that he will be back, but Lamar Jackson in Baltimore who is up for a new contract, but that's a complicated, it's a little more complicated in the Kyler Murray situation and Aaron Rodgers with the green Bay Packers, not in OTAs um, completely new receiving core, uh, not getting reps in that could be extremely valuable. And I know I'm 34 sounding like I'm 64, but <laughs> that, Hey, we no, talked about it, right? An Aaron Rodgers offense is built on, time-tested reps, seeing the same thing he sees. It takes two years for some of these receivers to get on his level. And Christian Watson, he might be your number one receiver. And he's a second-round pick out of North Dakota State. You're not there? You're not there? Well, I would say as long as those receivers are there, that's more important. I do. I mean, I think the mental – you know, the mental reps is what everybody stresses this time of year, the mental, mental, mental – um, so for those guys, yeah, anybody, and like I said, it is important for some guys, especially young receivers, anybody young, really at any position this time of year, I think is kind of, I'm not gonna say critical, but they haven't earned their right, you know, to me to stay away. Aaron Rodgers. I don't know. It, well, it, yeah. He, he himself doesn't need to be there. He doesn't need to go through calisthenics and one-on-ones and no, right. You know, Not go up the old Coriel route tree. I guess like, be, does, it's but- almost like, like Josh Allen showing up in Buffalo. Like it gives people a boost. It does. I mean, that's your, everybody knows that's your ticket. And here he is. Hey, I'm fighting just like you guys. Just, I don't want to be here, but I'll be here. I don't need to be here. I'll be here. So we, you can go back and forth on it for sure. I, I think we know enough about Aaron Rodgers at this point <laughs> from everything that you have written. And I don't think he's well, trying to win over anybody. And you know that the GM, the head coach, the offensive they, coordinator, def, they're not going to say anything. No, they, the absolute last thing they want to do is no, say anything that will no. piss off Aaron Rodgers. When Rogers, they gave so. him that comp, when they paid him, yeah. that was all discussed. Completely. It was, you know, they, I mean, they weren't expecting him to be here. No, now 
go but to should Baltimore. He? Should he? No, no. Not, not yet. You, you really oh, for don't me? think he... No, he shouldn't. I don't think he should. What about timing? I mean, you were around Drew Brees for a long time. Yeah. You saw that, what, every what guy goes into different. that timing with receivers. Yeah. It, it, it took a while for some of those guys to get on his level. Yeah. Every guy's different. Every guy's different. I'll say this. You know what? If he's not there, he's not there. And we'll see. You know, there's mandatory mini camping. Unless he wants to get fined, he'll be there for that, which is just a few days. I think this means that he needs to seed a little offensive power to Matt LaFleur. Right? I mean, this is a different team. This is a different offense. You're going to have to probably just stick with the play that's called more often. I don't mean that. In a, in a bad way. I mean, Aaron Rodgers no, at the line of scrimmage, audibling, and seeing the same thing Devontae Adams sees out there. And well, you don't even need a signal. You don't even need to audible. You just do it. That's, that, that's gone. That's gone, right? You need to trust the play calls, trust the sequencing, and most of all, trust A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones and the run game because you're going to be leaning into that more. I mean, you just lost what made this offense so explosive the rapport with Devontae Adams. And I'm not saying that his presence all of a sudden makes him a super, but it can't hurt. It can't hurt for him to be there with Christian Watson and Sammy Watkins when he's there and Jawan Winfrey, all of these guys. Um, Amari Rogers. What about your third round pick last year? Who, who struggled big time. I mean, he could, I think it's being a good teammate. And as a, you know what, what am I, you know, we always remember sayings from our fathers, right? My dad used to always say, be there if you care, be there if you care. There is a lot, there's a lot of guys I've worked with that, that the word just show up, just show up. Yeah. That's how he got through college. Eventually. Somebody told me that just show up. I was like, you know what, if you actually just show up to class, even if you're not prepared somehow, some way it keeps you going, moving forward. Yes. Yes. To that great degree. Um, what you, you did hit on something though. And I think it goes to why Josh Allen may be in Buffalo right now is with Dable leaving new coordinator, new language, building that, you know, communication and, you know, and studying this, the film with your new offensive coordinator. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, that there is where I could see some value for Aaron Rodgers being there. I can, I can give you that. I mean, you just broke the bank historically. Your employer just yep. made you a $50 million man. I don't know. Yep. It just it seems like I, a pretty light lift as the team leader. Um, well, your and, presence and you, could go a long yeah. way to a lot of players day in and day out. You know, but he'll, with the exception of a couple people on, on the beat, I mean, he won't be pressed on this. The issue won't nah. be pressed. No, he's especially from a few select friends, you know, it's just not going to happen. Um, but I mean, well, we'll, we'll see. Well, I, you know, cause and what are the, I'll say, what are they going to say? They're not going to say anything. The team. Is no, no, they, no, no, they green Bay, the, the, they don't care. I mean, the, the coaches GM, they're good. They're good with it. They knew what they were getting into when they, yeah. I mean, this is totally. shocking, but I, I do like what your point on that. Cause it does, and once again, Aaron Rodgers doesn't care about any of this stuff we're talking about or anything. But oh, no, he's a loyal listener, Jim. He's he's <laughs> listening just in general in the media. But the <laughs> but like he needs to win and do it in the playoffs. 
like, or else this gives more people reason to, you know, it just gives the, the media a, another hammer on, you know, should he have been here th- this time of year? That or damn, damn media just taking it. So they're so rough on him, aren't they? Well, they're done. I mean, he's, <laughs> what are you going to say to phase him at this point? I think but a lot. I, just, I think he, I think he's very easily phased. I think you know, week to week, it's an area of uh, grievances there on McAfee. <laughs> yeah, he had. That's where he goes and lets it out. Yeah, you know what? I mean, here's the thing, though. Like in the NFC, I still see the Packers as a Super Bowl contender. I, I'm not saying that this is affecting their Super Bowl chances. So maybe <laughs> it starts and ends there, but it can't. It just can't hurt, and it seems a little selfish to not it be. Can't there. can't hurt, but. I, yeah. Well, yeah, I can't, I can't get on him for it. Maybe I just miss those cheese curds, man. I, I miss a spotted cow, some cheese curds, you know. Where is he? Where is he this week? Where is he on these? Besides getting ready for the I big golf. Match? I mean, there was the yeah, they they got the big match coming up, so promoting the promoting that. Um, I don't think he's engaged anymore, right? That ended, so he's he's not with that actress. So he doesn't get that going on. Um, hmm. I can't yeah. comment on relationships. Wasn't on. I know one of his brothers got got married last weekend, so he wasn't there. So I don't know. I don't know. You, you said he wasn't. He wasn't there. No. He he wasn't best man in his brothers. No. One of his brothers. Could, could spend an hour on that podcast. All right, uh, Lamar Jackson. <laughs> now this is good. This is good because. He's his own agent. Mm-hmm. Contracts coming up. Should he be there or not? I don't think he needs to be. Again. He, regardless of now, whatever, th- this season is, is, you know, he's got to show up. He's got to stay healthy, stay on the field, make the run. Don't be the reason your team loses in the playoffs. But my thing with Lamar, almost regardless of what happens, if the Ravens want to move on from him, big deal. He can name his price. Here's what I want. Baltimore, do you want to pay me? No? Okay, who does? There's going to be about five to six teams that will say, sure. How much you want, Lamar? Yeah, we'll do it. He's in a great spot. Totally agree. No, he's going to get paid. He's going to get whatever he wants. Whatever he sets for himself, he can get. Are we to take the Ravens at their word? I mean, they've said very publicly, like, they want to get a deal done. They want to engage. And that Lamar Jackson won't engage. I do That's believe where it gets that. interesting. Like, I think I the Ravens that. would be willing to make him extremely rich. But it doesn't sound like Lamar wants to talk. This is the this is behind closed doors, you know. We're guessing at why he wouldn't want to. Pardon me, would love to know if it has anything to do with the great offensive coordinator. But that was my question for you. I mean, we, yeah, like there's there there could be non monetary reasons that he does not want to engage. And I mean, I know that him and Marquise Hollywood Brown were extremely close. We might have talked about it on here, but. Hollywood Brown told me once that Lamar was the reason that Baltimore drafted him. I mean, they, 
the Ravens went to Lamar Jackson that draft and said, who do you want? Which receiver in this draft do you like? And he said that he wanted Hollywood Brown or that he liked Jerry Judy the next year. And what did they do? They drafted Hollywood Brown ahead of some pretty damn good receivers. Yeah. I want to say AJ Brown, DK Metcalf. And, and then they trade him, you know, to Arizona for the first round pick. Lamar takes to Twitter. He's pissed off. We hear the rumblings about Greg Roman and the offense and people being very, very frustrated. Um, I'm actually going to talk to one Ravens receiver in eh, the last few years. Um, within the next week, we'll throw it up here on the podcast feed too and at golongtd.com. So I'll be sure to ask this player uh, what he thinks about Greg Roman and the offense. But that, that, that could be it too. You know, Lamar's a really smart guy. Maybe – Maybe he knows what you just said, Jim. Like, he can get whatever money he wants anywhere he wants, but he wants the infrastructure in place that's going to be best for him, that he wants. I mean, you look at the receiving core. I mean, Rashad Bateman, there's some promise there, but beyond him, Mark Andrews is your number one. He's one of the best tight ends in football, obviously. But maybe he doesn't like what's there. I don't know. Like you said, we're guessing. We're guessing. but it's he's in a good spot. It, it is it is a unique situation for sure that I can't. I mean, I can't think of anything like it. So, player representing himself is he unhappy? And at the end of the day, this would be something I would love to ask Lamar. Not that he's not a competitor and doesn't think he's the best, but is there a part of him that says, "Get me out of the AFC"? Mm. I haven't thought of that. You if he's his own agent, if he's his own agent, right? So in his mind, he's saying, all right, let me go ball out this year, make a run, you know, at least make a run, see what happens. If you get bounced in the playoffs, maybe the writing's on the wall. Maybe you're saying, you know what, this is, this is crazy in the AFC. I need to get to the NFC to have a shot at the Super Bowl. I mean, that's not that's Look not his, his own division. I mean, you've got to well, deal I with mean, Joe Burrow, Deshaun Watson, Kenny just, Pickett. <laughs> how could you pick? How could Pickett beat Al Trubisky? Right now, he's third on the depth chart. You got Mason Rudolph, number one, I think, getting those reps. So he's a bust. Well, um, I mean, Lamar Jackson is a, a quarterback that we just haven't seen. Ever. I mean, Michael Vick, maybe, but he's a better passer than Vick. Different than I, I'd Vick. say he's a better runner in, in a lot of ways. He's d- totally different. Um, That's a debate. There's a debate going on between a couple of, couple of my friends on that Vick versus Lamar. I think yeah, I, Vick, I, Vick is I could go Vick. I could, I could, I could give you Vick. I could go inflated. Vick. His value has been a little inflated over the years. I don't know. I mean, I remember him in the moment. And it was a lot of the, I mean, he wasn't in the right offense, right? Like he shouldn't have been in this West coast system. Let's not forget what he did. There's a call. There's, I love Michael Vick as far as, as a player. I just, he was. Yeah. I was going to say Jim easy. I know. I know. Gotta be careful. Sitting right behind me. Oh, Edmund, our dog. That's always the tricky part. Hey, we always, what do we say on this show? Keep personal. I mean, my all time favorite, some of my favorite football, Brett Favre is like my all time favorite player. And, you know, there are some shaky things. Um, point is, point is, 
they are a nightmare to defend. They're both similar in they're unique in their style and nightmares to defend. But can they get to the Super Bowl? Can you win with that style? I don't know. I really don't. Kurt Warner would say no, right? We've had him on to chat at various go-along stories, and that's the point he makes again and again, that that takes you so far that at some point you've got to be able to dissect, decode, take your layups. I mean, the playoffs, everything. I mean, we saw it this past year too. Everything's tighter. Every those those passing lanes closed out. I mean, that's a big reason that Aaron Rodgers keeps running into a brick wall. He's so and it's his greatest strength. One of his greatest strengths is he doesn't throw picks, he doesn't take chances. But you've got it. I mean, there's just not a lot of open receivers in the playoffs. It's harder to complete those passes in the playoffs. It's so funny to think that with Aaron Rodgers. I, I never really considered him a guy that didn't take chances, but he really did he did he did seem a little tight, like and you would like to see him just open it up because you know he can. We all know he can do it. But yeah, to your point, um, you got to be fearless. Watch, yeah, Joe Burrow, we, fearless. Matthew Stafford, fearless. When you watch Josh Allen, Mahomes, Burrow this year in the playoffs, it was all fearless. Yeah, fearless. Hey, I'll I'll carry us. I'll put you on my back. Let's go. And that to your point, Lamar Jackson, can that game get you three? or four playoff wins in a row. That's tough. It's hard. That's tough. I mean, it's and Colin hard. Kaepernick is about as close as we've seen. And he was within a play or two from winning the Super Bowl. And then poof, he's gone. <laughs> I guess he worked out for the Raiders. I know that this, uh, I don't even know what to say about it anymore. I really don't. It's with Lamar though. It's like, yeah. I, I still kind of, I still lean in the direction that he's so good at what he does. I mean, his running ability is is so rare. I mean, he really is so elusive and hard to touch. You can't even really get a good hit on him. He, he avoids a lot of kill shots. I mean, look at his rushing numbers, Jim. I mean, in four seasons, he almost has 4,000 yards as a rusher. I mean, even 21 touchdowns. Um, he's averaged 63 a game. He is a, he is a running back. I mean, when Logan Wilson for the Bengals said that, you know, and he got criticized, I, he meant that as a compliment. He is a Sable. legit back who can throw, who who can you know make a play, make some plays downfield. But when when the running is your strength over your passing, sounds simplistic, but can that can that let? Could that maybe maybe you know the Ravens are telling us they want to engage, they want to talk contract, but. Maybe that's what's holding them back from offering more money than any other quarterback in the league when that's what Lamar Jackson wants. There's that's a great point. I mean, they could be having those they could they could have a number in mind. Yeah. I mean, I would think Baltimore has a number in mind for when he comes to them. And because <laughs> they might be saying, hey, you know. Do we need to go another? I mean, if the if the OC is staying, right? You know, if they say they don't make the Super Bowl this year, right? So that's going to hype up the and Roman staying. I mean, I would think that's a major thing. Like, hey, can we get to the Super Bowl? There, you know, that's the question to Greg Roman. Can you get? Can you win a Super Bowl with Lamar Jackson? 
running your offense? You know, <clears throat> from Ozzie Newsom to Eric DaCosta, John Harbaugh, they're, they're just, they've got enough outside the box thinkers too. you know, they, they thought so outside yeah. the box to even dr- to draft Lamar Jackson and to throw out their old playbook, bring a new one in that maybe they'd be so outside the box to move on from him. Is that what you're saying? Like that they could get to that point if they fall short again. Yeah. They took Hayden Hurst. I don't want to give that money. I know. I know. I know. It kills me. It kills me every time. Who's going to play a big role for Cincinnati this year, by the way, Hayden Hurst. Like he's a really, he's a really, he's a really good. Yeah. He'll be their Joe Burrow starting tight end. He's a really good tight end, but there had that that is the story. That's the 30 for about <laughs> somebody get me that story. I know a scout that was on that staff that I think could probably give me some. I gotta ask him this summer. Yeah, he's he's on, removed get some dirt. Now. He's removed from them, so he might at least tell me like what how did that go down? There's no way if you valued a guy that could be the MVP of the NFL at the most at the most important position in sports, and you took a tight end. He was sitting right there. So you didn't value him. Somebody didn't value him. They they weren't convinced on him enough. Now at that then after that, somebody they said, okay, now he's still sitting there. Okay. That's crazy to me. Yeah, all right. So between so Baltimore took Hayden Hurst 25th overall in the 2018 draft. All right. And then they took Lamar Jackson 32nd. So here's what happened in between. You had the Atlanta Falcons take Calvin Ridley. They gambled on him, one could say. Hey, hey. That was good. Seattle. All right, so Atlanta's not taking a quarterback. Yeah, that was, Matt Ryan was two years removed from MVP season. Yeah, they weren't, they weren't, they weren't ready. Seattle. They took Rashad Penny yeah, running back. They They've yeah. got Russell Wilson. Pittsburgh takes Terrell Edmonds. They're not taking a quarterback yet. They're they hung on to Ben Roethlisberger for another Four years. Um, all right, then Jacksonville at 29 took Taven Bryan. So were they still rolling Blake Bortles? <laughs> I think that was still when Hackett was becoming famous for coaching Bortles. Oh, yeah, you know, that's that's what – yeah, that was a year after they – After the, the run. After the run, was it? Or was it that – After years. Yeah. No, no, it was a year after the run in 2017. Yep, that was uh, so. That was Blake Bortles taking you to the <laughs> AFC Championship game. So yeah, so they're not going to take him. All right, I just I just lost it, Jim. One second. So and they traded. Right, so at 29, Jacksonville, they they re-signed Blake Bortles that offseason too, right? I think it was like three years, 50, 54 mil, something like that. Minnesota at 30, that that was the offseason. They up, upgraded to Kirk Cousins from Case Keenum, right? That's the piece that's going to get them over the top. And then New England at 31, Tom Brady. So in a sense, you know, granted, Ozzie Newsome, this was his last draft with the Ravens as, as the GM. You do run the risk of a team jumping up. Maybe that's your point. Like at the end of the first round, like you got to be wary of teams – getting back in there to get a quarterback. Yeah, that that's always the big, right? That's but it kind of worked out perfect. <laughs> they, maybe they – I'm defending Ozzie Newsome here. Maybe they yeah. did want Lamar all along and they figured, okay, we want to get our tight end. Let's just let's just uh, see how this goes because these teams don't really need quarterbacks. Yeah, 
I mean, I think that, I mean, it, to me, it's a stretch, but it's, it's certainly possible. I just can't, if you valued him, there's no way. I, you're right. You're right. But whatever it, we're at this point now. And it's, uh, we talked about the Ravens on the last, I mean, I said, I, I'm, I can't wait to watch them. I think the defense is healthy. Lamar healthy. They are that team that could come in and the, you haven't the, maybe Kansas city and Buffalo, everybody's thinking about them and burrow and Cincinnati so much. All of a sudden here comes Baltimore healthy with a quarterback that is just different, you know, in a good way. I mean, he can't, he really is just a, he's a complete matchup nightmare. He was playing so well the first month of last season too. Remember that primetime game against Kansas City? Yes. I mean, he threw the team on his back. Yeah. They couldn't get a lick on him. I mean, they and they had know. they had maybe the best draft to get to get Tyler Linderbaum, maybe one of the best center center prospects in the last five, ten years, to Kyle Hamilton, strong safety in Notre Dame. You could make the case that he was the best yeah. player in the draft. Yeah, there's a lot of people. Five, you know, um, and you're getting your corners back. You're getting Marcus Peters. You signed Marcus Williams. You still got Marlon Humphrey. Um, Calais Campbell's still kicking. I, I guess you wonder about I the pass rush a little. They're loaded. They're, they're getting everybody back, and it's it's a team. I mean, they're, it's crazy to look at all their running backs: J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards. Justice Hill, all were out last season, and then they brought in Mike Davis too. So you've got a whole different running back room. Uh, I like Mike Davis. He's going to play like for another twenty-five years, right? I guarantee you, he's be out there. There's certain players when you scout them in college, and like they're going to, you just know they're going to be the same guy for however long they can stay healthy and play. Like he was one of them. Like you knew he was never going to be special. But you just loved everything about him. Just rock solid. Just seems like one of those like employees at your go-to restaurant who's just there day in, day like he he's just gonna work. He'll just be in pro football as long as he wants. He's so tough. He's not he's really not even that physically imposing, right? He's not No, no, no. It's not even that. He's, he's just he's, tough as shit. He's not that big. He's he's not small. He's not big. He's not slow. He's not fast. I remember everything about him. I just love. He was just a. You just love. You just like. Yep, that's a good football player. Take him. You know, don't overdraft him. Take him. He'll play for you. Yeah. I love guys. Like that. <laughs> he seemed like a short yardage back at times early in his career, and then he just caught how many passes? A couple of years. Like he became the receiving back. I got to nowhere. Which I can't say that I would have. I mean, we knew it. You always knew he had good hands, but I wouldn't have like seen him as that. Yeah, as 59 his catches for Carolina in 2020. <laughs> All right. Anybody else that we uh, need to shame for not showing up to practice, Jim? All right. I got one for you. Here's Go ahead. I'm not going to shame him because this is where I agree with you and that he shouldn't be at OTAs. Jordan Poyer. Let's talk a little Jordan Poyer. I don't think he should either. No, No, I don't think he should either. Mm. Look, he he has every right Uh, to be pissed off right now. This is a good point by you, yeah. And I kind of came around to it, you know, early on in the offseason, 
looking at the Bills' salary cap situation, and you've got to make these tough decisions, right? When you pay Josh Allen the money that yeah, I was just gonna say, just as widely deserves, we and digs and digs and digs and digs. Um, it seemed like okay, you know, somebody's not going to get paid, but he seems more indispensable to me. The more you really look at that defense, because we know. We, we haven't seen what this defense looks like without him, right? With, we haven't. And he was an all-pro last year. He's, he picks up passes. He gets sacks. He's, he gets sideline to sideline. I know he's on the wrong side of 30, but he's not a corner on an island. I feel like his game can age really well because he's so smart. And we've, and we've seen, you know, whether it's McCourty, Weddle, you know, some Charles Woodson moved from corner to safe. Like there's, you can extend your career and he's what, 31. It's not like he's even 34, 35. Um, um, I don't know. I, speaking, I feel like he's somebody that you, that you want to pay. You just make it work somehow. You're saying everything. I couldn't agree with you more right now. If you have two good safeties, they, and I love what you said. They age well. They're so smart. And defensive coordinators do not want to lose them ever. We had it in New Orleans with Roman Harper, Darren Sharper. Then we had Malcolm Jenkins and Roman. I mean, Malcolm Jenkins, another one. He played a long time. Kept playing. Just, you know, just when we took him, when we took him, we knew he was going to be a safety. We, we let him try corner. Let's try him at corner. Greg Williams, hey, try him corner. Let him fail a corner first, and then we'll bump him to safety. But you can't put a value on it. And the, those two guys, when they're in sync like that, although it's funny, the story you just did on Levi's, like how he said he should have been kind of looking over a point or whatever, but the, but to have two safeties that can run your defense. What did you think about that, Jim? Because wow, I'm coming, I'm coming from the place of, all right, you know, you, I, I've watched that extended clip that way was... too many times, but I mean, they <laughs> yeah. had, an eternity of time to set up a defense two timeouts before both plays 13 seconds left Kansas city both times Levi Wallace is back to the outside. The safeties are back and you, you really watch everybody that's on that TV copy. There aren't any coaches motioning anybody to move. Right. There's none of that when they have the time to do that, nothing was rushed. And to Levi Wallace's credit, he took more accountability yeah. in an interview at Permani Brothers with me for Go Long than Sean McDermott, the head coach, has taken at every opportunity to speak. I'm sorry. I mean, no, you don't need put, to be. I thought, he's I think putting Levi, it on the players. He's saying, like, look, it's on, it's on me because I'm in position. And, yeah, that's what the play was called. That's how we were defending the Chiefs. But, you know, I should have looked back at Jordan Poyer and saw his depth. You know, we took our four years of communication for granted. And you know what? If I, okay, if you want to blame Levi Wallace, blame Poyer for the players, go right ahead. But we know who runs the show at One Bills Drive. Hit Sean McDermott's fingerprints are all over everything there in every possible way. So they're going to be on the product with 13 seconds left with the right to host an AFC championship game the next week. And I'm sorry. I think it's, I think it's on coaching. Um, I know players make plays, but you've got to put them in the position to make the plays. And they coached scared. Tyree kill just went to the house 
the last drive. But guess what? A touch. They just need a field goal. They just need a field goal. I don't know. I thought it always comes. It always it used to always come back to Mahomes on this podcast. Now it's always going to come back to 13 seconds. I was thinking about that. You found a way to get. You went from Rogers, Mahomes. It's time to I, I, the obsession now. We have the good. I like the 13 second one. Um, no, but I think Levi Wallace. I just read that and thought um, that was pretty stand up of him. Like he's not going to go down. That he. We're gonna need him to do what I did after maybe he realizes he's not getting back in the league and then he comes to you and wants to tell you some real stories. Right. Maybe when it's done for him, he'll be like, Hey, yeah, McDermott <laughs> messed that whole thing up. That wasn't my right, fault. Because he's not these guys are they're not gonna say it. No. Right? They don't, they and it's it doesn't help it doesn't help anybody. It's not worth it for him to say it. So we'll he say said it. it. I'll say but it. But I feel like he I, I like what you said about when because you've studied the tape more than anybody. You don't see coaches because coaches pan. You, we've all seen anybody who watches football. You see it. You see before the play, coaches running up the sideline if there's something they see wrong in an alignment, especially. Um, exactly. I mean, you. Yeah, had, I think you're right, Tyler. That's. A, I mean, I think that's a really good point you made. So, and I'm glad I asked Levi Wallace this too because it had to have been running through his head, and you could see in his face he was. He was thinking about it and he hopes it's not the case, but I just asked him like, do you think that the bills made you out to be a scapegoat? Really? I mean, Pittsburgh signed him at two years, eight mil. That's nothing. I mean, he said the bills gave him an offer and it was so insulting. He couldn't even say it out loud. Didn't want to repeat it. Really? So yeah. And I, I bet you he would have loved to have stuck around with Jordan Poyer, Micah Hyde, Tredavious white. I mean, they're, Compared it to college, the camaraderie that they had, number one defense in the league, number one in yards to play allowed. I they mean, come they, across they come across as a tight unit too. They do. And we how often do you see this though, Jim? I mean, there's these calamity playoff defeats, these meltdowns, these historic moments. They always you yeah. always see heads heads roll after these plays. I'm thinking back to fourth and twenty-six when Fred X is catching that pass over the middle on green Bay. Well, Ed Donatel, defensive coordinator. See ya Done. players involved. See ya. Like Done. it happens year in and year out. There's, there is personnel accountability. No question. And maybe that was it. Right. I mean, they, and they just barely offered him. I wouldn't even call it an offer. Right. They've kind of been lowballing him throughout. Um, and to the Bills' yeah. credit, I'll say, you know, to play devil's advocate to myself, you have to challenge yourself to get better. I get it. Like, you, yeah, they value him as a guy that has, yeah. And that may be something we don't know, where maybe they do see him as a guy that has, I don't want to say busted coverages. I hate that too much because it, blame, but maybe they've had issues with him that we don't know about. And that was a last straw for them or something. Hey, we're not going to overpay him in their minds, but. I think you're putting enough of the pieces of the puzzle together to figure it out. There was definitely yeah. a, yeah, he, he, he felt, I swear we, we talk, we do this podcast every week, Bill's games, especially, but I swear that's the only time I felt like McDermott kind of put somebody out there a little bit was, was Wallace. Like hmm. I, I didn't, I, I don't feel like he took it on himself like and came out right away and just said, Hey, that was not Levi Wallace's fault. That was 
you know, or just something like that. Execution. Um, we all know what that's uh, code went, for. He went blanket. Players. He went blanket. St- he went blanket statement. Right. Blanket statement means, hey, look, I don't. That's what happens when you slip the third on the Christmas list. It's gonna happen, man. It's gonna you happen. Yeah, you can't. You can't take the blame all of a sudden because the the GM and the quarterback are yeah. up there looking at you now. Man, they're. I would love a real. I would too. Hard knocks that followed the dynamics of something like that, where you really get a look at what it's like inside and how somebody like that head coach is dealing with that moment. Cause I, I think, I think that's it. I think that's the case. I think it's, um, you know, Brandon Bean, he, he right, right now he, he has proven himself to be worthy oh. of the man in charge. of. The oh, he's, it's, it's done. It's, you know, it's, it's, he's not going anywhere. He found the quarterback. He's not he going anywhere. And nope, nowhere. Four out of the last five years, some pretty frustrating playoff losses. We'll, we'll see. But, you know, I'll say this. Let's see how Kyer Elam is because you had to challenge yourself to get better. I guess in a way they kind of did the same thing. Finally moving on from Jerry Hughes, giving Von Miller all that money. You know, they trying, trying to get better, better with the pass rush, but you know, hopefully people can read the story at, at golongtd.com with Levi Wallace. He's his story, his, his heart, his uh, determination, just everything that went into him even getting to the, I mean, he started off on the flag football at Alabama, you know, it's a, it's crazy story. His dad's died from ALS. One of his best friends is murdered. Nobody knows who killed him. Um, he's undrafted 28 corners taken. He hasn't forgotten that. The Bills are trying to replace <laughs> him every year. I mean, they drafted none, what, none of those guys six, forget that. Right. I mean, Shane not just this, they, they drafted six corners since they took him, and they signed EJ Gaines, Josh Norman. So, like all this, like the fact that he is there, fifty-seven starts in a row—that means something for the soul of your team. I didn't realize that. I read that, and when you said that yeah. in that article, I was like. That is that is impressive for an undrafted guy to have that many starts, consecutive starts, and and you made another good like Dave. They've tried to upgrade him. I mean they've and he's, he's fought it off. Pro Football Focus, you know, any analytic you look at, they he, Man, he has you, a value. He's an off corner, right? He's an odd that his that's his game. He's not going to get up and press and run with you. you. An, when you when you get an undrafted when you hit on an undrafted guy as a staff, as a scouting personnel staff, man, you want that guy playing for you forever, like yeah. forever, somehow, some way. Cause it is, that's a special job by the bills to discuss, you know, to get him. It's strange that they would let him leave the building. I agree. Is. I agree. And that's not one you want to lose. I don't think you want to screw up Jordan Poyer right now. I think that if you, <sighs> I think Jordan. I think Jordan Poyer has a little more leverage than maybe he even knows. It's just it sounded. It sounds like you know you, you listen to him speak at his. He had a charity event and the local media talked to him. You listen to the head coach speak. It sounds like okay. Everybody's kind of playing their role right now. Everybody kind of knows it's just just what he what he's doing, but they'll find a way to get it done. Um, but he he has every right to get every petty because if I'm Jordan Poyer, it's like all right. You know, you let, let, let's see, let, let, let's see how things look without me out there. Uh, 
And you've got the money. If I'm Jordan Poyer too, I'm seeing the deal with Stephon Diggs and I'm seeing what you did with the defensive line the last two, three years. So I get it. This is why, hey, we're, we're propping up Brandon Bean. This is, this is I wonder why if Brandon go, Bean. I wonder if you could go into to Bean's office and say, uh, I mean, I see all these defensive linemen you keep drafting. Where's their production? That'd make my job a little bit easier. I mean, he, totally. to your point about having leverage, I mean – He has another guy that, that, I mean, we were part, you know, obviously we were part of that signing, but the coaches loved, the coaches loved him. I mean, yeah. Babbage did, had him in Cleveland and um, fought for him in those meetings. So they love Poyer. I know they're, they, they have to love Poyer. Yeah. I mean, they have to. Yeah. I, I think it will get, I think that's getting done. It'd be too. lunacy for them to let this drag into training. Camp. I don't think it's, that's worth He's not, no, you can't let that one bring your season down. Yeah. All right. Well, we started with saying, you know, Aaron Rodgers should uh, get his ass to OTAs, right? And Jordan Poyer, he should just, you know, keep his ass at home. So that, is that full circle? What do you think? Which one would you draft? <laughs> I'm going Poyer. I'm going. <laughs> You're gonna go poor and you're gonna run the ball on offense. I know, I know, run. I can see. You. Oh, I love my running backs. I do. Jonathan All Taylor. Right. Okay, yeah, we're gonna go off. Well, that's we, let's. Yeah. We'll do our uh, ne- next. Po- I didn't put it out on Twitter, so next show we'll do our most ridiculous question segment. I, we got to keep that going. Mm-hmm. I, that was good. That was good. I forgot to put it out there this episode. We'll get it out next time. Take After a little go long road trip too next week. Going out to uh, Minnesota Vikings country, so be on be on alert for some Vikings coverage. It's uh, hey, Mike Zimmer's not around anymore. It could be a new day for the Vikings. Tell Kirk Cousins. Around. Tell Kirk Cousins if you see him. I think I hate him, but I think I love him. Okay, I'll let him know directly from Jim Onis. Tell him I just I can't. Every time I bet on him, I lose. If I bet against him, it's the Kirk Cousins. 400 yards. Yeah. yeah. But when I, but when he can't beat the backup for Dallas. I forgot about that night. Yeah. I didn't. Cooper Rush. Cooper got me. Hard to bet anyway, against a guy with that name. Solid, solid football name. It always goes back to the lesson you learn in a good way, but don't gamble. Yeah. Just don't gamble. Speaking of that, we've got some 9.40 p.m. tip-off baseball games coming. I see those eyes flickering to another screen. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for watching. We'll be back very, very soon. And uh, read all our coverage. Go along. TD.com. Sign up to the free list. Subscribe to the pay list. A lot of good stuff coming. Appreciate you.